0: everyone welcome to the 20th and final episode
1: of the little things review i was actually going to talk to you about how when you start these shows off i don't think it's as funny as you think it's gonna be (laughs) because we get (laughs) lost in these fake podcast things you always make up and i don't know where you're gonna go with it and i have no I have no plan to go along with whatever you're saying. I wish I was a better improv artist.
0: Aaron and I have been discussing <laughs> the little things for the last twenty weeks, and now we're on our final episode. What is the little thing? Uh, of course, of course, we're talking. <laughs> 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 of course, we're talking about the hit HBO Max film starring Denzel Washington, what? Rami Malek, oh. and Jared Leto. You're, t- you're saying uh, we've done
1: twenty podcasts on in one movie? <laughs> is that what you're saying? i'm really breaking down the themes (laughs) of there's 20 themes in that movie
0: (laughs) i haven't even seen it have you you uh, you obviously haven't haven't seen seen it it. uh i finally watched it last night is it something you're gonna watch probably not okay so can i
1: spoil it a little sure Okay. I just don't see so uh, I'm gonna am spoil I, it. When am I going to watch that? I don't know There's so many things to watch There's,
0: there's so many things to I watch There's so many things to watch There's
1: barely many new things that interest me But there's a lot of old things that I now am able to watch So that's kind of what I do If yeah, I hadn't watched that's before. mostly me too
0: I've been trying to watch more new stuff But no, this movie <sighs> I haven't paid good enough attention to Denzel Washington. He's a hell of an actor. I did. I did back in the 90s when he was a big deal. But still, like, he's so great in this. Rami Malek is great in this. And Jared Leto is just fucking creepy Jared Leto. Mm. And I never, I just got nothing. They're two cops and they're trying to hunt a serial killer. Like, it wants you to invest in solving this murder. And then it just ends with this nihilism of nothing really matters. Mm. The cops, cops can be dirt. These cops are dirty and it doesn't matter and they stopped the bad guy and it doesn't
1: matter and it was just weird so you left it was just a weird fucking movie bad. and you just shut it off at the credits and it probably like, had a sad song in the credits yeah
0: and, and so like, it's like right. <laughs> the first hour and 40 minutes it asks you to invest in these detectives solving this crime mm-hmm. and you're rooting for them to solve it and then in the last 20 minutes they kind of just shrug it off and so it was like the whole Point of the movie was lost, yeah. like the tonal shift, really bothered me.
1: Well, I guess it's just anyway, the, the little things that you have to like about it. Maybe that's what <laughs> they're telling you.
0: Well, okay, so the little things goes to uh, a detective idea that, like, Denzel Washington at one point was like, "What was the victim's last meal?" And he was like roast beef, and he's like, "It's the little things that matter. Oh. It's the little things that solve the case." And we see Jared Leto going into a restaurant where roast beef is advertised it's like oh see they're great cops and they're gonna solve this but then yeah then they just don't and so it's not the little That's things funny. don't fucking matter it's yeah. just brutality matters brutality matters anyway that wraps up uh, i hope you've enjoyed all right i'm done with that no, Fine. Right. um <laughs> so welcome I everyone bad. i don't want to Aaron kill and it
1: justin i don't want to kill it oh i'm gonna keep going and figured, I'm not I figured tell I could when it's coming. bash you about it, and you would just continue with it anyways. So I feel okay. <laughs> yes, welcome everyone to Aaron and Justin Talk Sequels, a movie podcast. I'm Aaron. Yes, I'm. I'm Justin. You always say the title, and, so I decided uh, to jump in and do it first this time. Uh, what are we covering this week, Aaron? We're covering the 2016 film, straight to Netflix film, at least in America. Uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon sword of destiny the sequel to the movie crouch tiger hidden dragon the 2000 film that was an international success everybody loved it did really well did pretty good in the uh, academy awards made a ton of money everybody loves it and i don't know if a lot of people knew there was a sequel to it i could
0: see a lot of people missing this sequel what's worth mentioning with it is it was only the third original netflix film really yeah I was surprised when I read that, and listeners, if I'm wrong, tweet at us, mm-hmm. but i'm I read it, and so
1: it's a fact. It was like the ridiculous six, some movie I'd never heard of, and then this oh, okay, yeah, I was surprised so. to read it was twenty sixteen something told me it came out like two years ago, but it was a while back, and I never got around <laughs> to it uh yeah, everything about it just seemed a little. Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon had such a huge effect on me when I was a kid. It was like one of the movies that came out right when I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. So it was like one of those movies. And it's a perfect film, in my opinion. So why would you make a sequel to it? So it took me a little bit to come around to even realizing that there was anything good about making a sequel to that movie. And I certainly found a number of them. And the more I read into it, the more I realized, oh, yeah, this is is cool. I would have never watched this movie if we weren't doing it for the podcast. I know, but I figured it'd be nice to get a good foreign series in here uh, but it's a little bit of a cheat because it's still they're both American productions in their own way. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon was I mean an American production but it was definitely a Chinese film. Just for the fact that it was spoken in Mandarin Chinese it's pretty that's a foreign film but they wanted a partner like America paid for it basically u.s studios paid for it that was about the only that was about the extent i think china
0: has its couple of really big film companies like the china film Comp- co-productions corporation mm-hmm. i think is huge and we are into our recap of crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah starring chow yun fat and covering a foreign film oh, this is gonna be i rough. apologize the in advance yeah Yep, all the names, gonna the names are going to suck, too. and we're very sorry. Uh, Michelle Yao. But, uh, directed by Ang Lee. But yeah, the important one there, Chao Yun-Fat, Michelle yep. Yao. And Zhang Zai. And Those are pretty the much the three. three important ones. I really hated Zhang Zai. Uh, what is her character's name Jen? so that I don't keep
1: Zhang? We Jen? got Li Bai, who's Chao Yun-Fat, uh, Shulin, who is Michelle Yao, and Jen probably the easiest like jennifer like jen is uh zhang jen's very prominent and just the whole time i was like you are just a whiny little baby
0: <laughs> and you are <laughs> screwing up everyone's life because you're a whiny baby that's hanging out with a
1: thief i can see that but she's young and she wants to be way more important than her place in life and she wants to be the best she wants to be free yeah she wants her freedom from all these rules and responsibilities when was the first time you saw this movie
0: Oh, definitely right in 2000. It was such a hit. Yeah, And I'm sure we watched it together. Possibly. I can't remember who I saw th- movies in theaters Sometimes with, but... I can, yeah.
1: I know I saw it in theaters, but I don't remember when or how that came about. But yeah, I always loved it. What scene, because I had not watched it for the last 20
0: years. Yeah. What scene had always stuck out in your memory that you were looking forward to when you watched it again?
1: I always liked the... I liked the shot where <laughs> there's certain things. I liked the shot where uh, Li Mubai is fighting Jen when she's still the masked character, and that they're like in that park, and the Jade Fox is fighting the the cop or the police detective and his daughter's there and they're all you know what i mean like they're all in that area and he like uses the green destiny the sword and he like like flips up her mask a little bit i always thought that was cool as hell and i saw it again and it wasn't as prominent as i remember like you kind of blink and miss it but i still thought that was a cool shot and then uh when they're on the bamboo trees of course uh but pretty much everything that had to do with the wire foo as they call it that was the term that they used. Uh, it was just amazing to me. I would never seen a movie like that because I really didn't know anything about kung fu movies uh, at that time, aside from like hearing Quentin Tarantino talk about them all the time, uh, that I didn't know anything beyond Kill Bill, really, which was probably after this. But anyway, so, but The Matrix kind of took a lot from those kind of movies as well. So I think it was The Matrix where the fight scenes were incredible in that. And then I saw this movie like the year after, and I'm just like, holy shit, like, damn, like that is amazing. Fight choreography, probably the best I've ever seen, is with Michelle Yao and Zhang zai when they're in that dojo kind of place, and she's just picking up weapon after after weapon, and they just fight for like twenty minutes. It's probably like the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Um, but those it's, are the two scenes yep. that stand out to me, and then just the ending is always has been to me so heavy and powerful, and that they just never profess their love for each other until he's dying and it just always stuck with me it's just like man it's so powerful i hate when a character you like dies in a movie
0: yeah i just hate it then it was good i respected it but i liked Lee Mubai so much yeah.
1: well it's uh <laughs> yeah. it's just a great story and the film ang lee i mean he just knocks it out of the park and it's one of those things where you he made this film at the perfect time because they didn't throw a bunch of cgi at it they kept it uh like it was handmade it just felt like a lot of like a hundred people came together and did an amazing job with photography and choreography and his direction and it all just came together uh, the original
0: was groundbreaking for its special effects because of the way they were able to remove the
1: wires. They had never been able to do that yeah. before in the same way. And I watched a um, little bit of a behind-the-scenes about it, and I had watched it years ago, so I knew there was wires, obviously. But I didn't know how like ugly and prominent they were when they were shooting the movie. Like You could there were wires all over them, so I was... Oh yeah! Doubly impressed this time around that they could take all that out because it was really in the way, and just seeing them fight around wearing all those wires is pretty impressive. Because these,
0: this is very early in the
1: days of CGI, yeah, and
0: so that this movie is almost totally practical, and that's what made it so fantastical we should just touch on angley real quick um angley is one of those directors that made hit after hit after hit but then slowly started becoming less interested in a compelling narrative and more interested in the function of the storytelling like how it's made yes right the last 10 years of angley's life have been dedicated to advancing 120 frames per second in 4k something like that where most theaters aren't even equipped to yeah. project that properly like with the last couple of movies gemini man yep the long halftime walk whatever one that oh was my called, god i
1: can't stand that
0: title i did not see the movie you're almost missing something if you didn't see it in theater because at that rate and showing it that quickly it's messes with the human eye in such a way where it's like you're looking out a window
1: is yeah, what it's
0: supposed to be and there's like five theaters that can show it the way he's doing it yeah. like he's just he reminds me of robert zemeckis where who who is also just yep. focused on advancing the technology and the craft yeah uh, and john and
1: cameron or james cameron i was going to say james cameron and james. lucas those guys they kind of all are in the same bag in that they i can't believe i just said john cameron sorry <laughs> they all got bored and they've been making movies so long that they just want to improve technology and and we I think we as fans of their best work feel a little left behind because all they want to do is is make the new model and we don't really care about that as much we just wanted a good story that was like the original Star Wars <laughs> we wanted a movie that was like Aliens we don't want Avatar I like Avatar like I'm not excited for five sequels but I like Avatar oh, God <laughs> sakes yeah uh yeah I mean, um Angley well you know I mean he really knocked it out of the park with this movie and then he he got thrown into the blockbuster franchise with the Hulk of all things following this up uh, with Eric Bana And that was a real, uh, like, he just threw everything at it, and they really tried to do something different with it. And I certainly didn't dislike the movie, but it did, it was weird, like, the editing, like, a comic panel. And it was just, it kind of, like, it it seemed just weird that he would make that movie. But, of course, then he came back with Brokeback Mountain, which is another amazing movie. So I feel like he made Crouch, Dragon and Dragon. One of the greatest classics, Uh, Brokeback Mountain, could be up there as well. That's another very powerful movie. But after that, yeah, he's just kind of been doing his thing. He made Life of Pi, which was pretty good, I thought. But again, all about the technology. And then Gemini Man, pretty simple, forgettable film, except Will Smith's in it, which is a plus. And again, he was trying to do something that other people hadn't done yet. But we're not so amazed at the whole an actor playing against themselves. It's been done. I mean, like, I think uh, Michael Keaton did it the best in Multiplicity, personally. I love that movie. <laughs> nobody's topped that movie. I actually just watched it recently, too, because it was free on like the Roku channel or whatever. Such a good movie to just watch during the day. It's like a good day movie while I was working. But the funny thing was, when I first watched that movie, like Andy McDowell to me was always like a mom. I just felt like she was a mom. But now I'm at the age where I watch it, and I'm just like, God, she's so hot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a funny thing. They're, it's weird how movies change when you get older. And probably yeah, the same thing about yeah. Michelle Yao. Like I was, I had a huge crush on Zhang Ziyi from this movie uh, because we were around that age. I was probably more close to her age. And then Michelle Yao felt like the older woman. I eh, wasn't, but now that I watch it again, I'm just like, oh, like she's the attractive one to me now. Like the Zhang Zai just seems too young and it's a little weird. Like I want to touch on how little I know about
0: Asian cinema. Yeah. Um, when I originally started watching this first one, I tweeted that I get a lot of Star Wars vibes. <laughs> That's <laughs> and so and funny. It's such... It's such a funny thing, just because Star Wars draws so heavily from Asian cinema, and I'm an idiot, Um, so I just want to make clear: if this
1: becomes huge and popular, people are going to see that tweet. No, I mean it's fine. It happens. It's like you get the vibe from what you know, so I get that. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I just I just know that years after seeing Star Wars, that it was uh, his inspirations were like Kurosawa, the Japanese. Uh, filmmaker. So yeah, like if I knew more about him then I would say, Oh, I see the connections. Um so we're I actually know, I need to see more Kurosawa. Yeah. We're actually seeing Crouch Dragon and Dragon, we're seeing a book that was written uh, written like in the nineteen thirties, I think. Um yep. and it was part four of a five part uh, pentology. So this is the fourth yes, book that's a and weird then word. the sequel is the fifth book. So I don't even know about yes. the first two. Or the first three, but this is also these are also based on traditional stories from like the 1600s on up. So yeah, I mean it's it's old history. This is this may be an original story that many American movies have stolen from. For all we know, we only got about six minutes left. <laughs> let's do it. Should we, we should summarize, summarize the about plot? Here? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> it's it's fairly easy. I mean, it gets a little complicated, but I think it's fairly straightforward when you break it down. We have plot A and plot B. Chow Yun Fat hmm. is a fabled. Warrior,
0: Lean And that's right. what I like the most about this movie and the sequel is this idea that there are honorable warriors that travel doing good where they can. And they kind of just live kind of like mercenaries. We see some of them. We see them taking payment from time to time. Chai Yun-fat wants to hang up and just live a happy life. And he's they can't admit it, but he's totally in love with shen uh,
1: shen shulin Shuling.
0: yes possibly shulin, shulin but um, i just say shulin so he meets up with her and he gives up
1: his sword yeah the what's the name of the sword green Aaron? destiny the green destiny it's a fabled sword made like no other sword and that's why it's so powerful and it could basically destroy any yes. other weapon and a
0: lot of people will want the sword, yeah. so they gave it up to a regional governor that they're
1: friends with. Well, is what? It, he, no, he's not the governor. He is just a prominent person, friend of theirs. So he gave up the sword for just for him to basically keep safe and display, if you will. Because my days are over as a warrior. Uh, the governor and his family are are staying with that man as well. And that's where Zhang Zai's character comes in, where she's Jen, and she's a young girl that's going to be married. She's the governor's daughter. So that's how everybody connects at this one place that they're staying at, who's like a family friend of theirs.
0: Uh, it's worth mentioning Chow fat has one bit of unfinished business, and that's to kill the person that killed his master. Yes. And that is a... What do you call her? Is she just a thief? Yeah. Jade Fox. The Jade Fox. Yep. And that turns out to be the handmaiden for this governor's yeah. daughter. Yeah. So, so hiding in plain
1: sight. I think it, it is relatively simple. Once you, you know where the, the characters are, it's all about the sword. The sword is there. Everybody wants the sword. So Jen is not the innocent young girl that she seems to be. She's uh, actually been trained by the Jade Fox. So she has these skills and she wants the sword because she wants to live a life of freedom. She doesn't want to marry who her father, the governor, wants her to marry. So that's her story. Uh Mu Bai and... Uh, Shulene have always loved each other but she was betrothed to or she was promised I guess to another his partner and that guy was killed so Lee Mubai because of loyalty and and, uh, honor was never free to profess his love to her. I guess they always had to mourn for the rest of their lives that she had lost her fiance or whatever. Uh, There's another guy that comes in because it turns out Jen has a flashback story that she was basically kidnapped in a way by some desert raiders when her family, the governor, were traveling through the desert. But she fell in love with kind of the leader of it because he stole her comb and there was this big chase. And so she falls in love, and that was her first taste of freedom. And I think that is what has always made her want to go back. So then he pops back up trying to find her. Gets a little convoluted. And I
0: I love me a good long flashback yeah. in the middle of a movie. It's a great one. One that takes so long You start thinking, wait, so was this a flashback, or are we going to cut to a different scene? What's going on again? And And then then it
1: just is back to the main story. There's not even a dissolve. That's what I love about it, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, It was great. That was her story. (laughs) Holy shit. It was Uh, jarring to go back to the current time. Um, So it's about forbidden love, almost. Both of them have that kind of story going on. Yeah. Who has how does the end fight scene like who ends up with the sword uh jen steals the sword again and she leaves uh on her wedding day uh pretending to be a man it's kind of like mulan that story she gets in a big fight uh so lee mubai and shulene are actually like trailing her basically and they run into her old uh i can't remember his name is he dark cloud uh he was... He might be low. I think yeah, that's his name. He's yeah, he's low. But they he's tell gonna him, out. look, we're going to get her. We know she loves you. You go to Wudan Mountain because the Wudan Mountain is like this heavenly place where if you everybody goes to Wudan Mountain, it's like every the sword should have been at Wudan Mountain, and that's where they're going to eventually take it now to keep it safe, but we got to get it back. You go to Wudan Mountain. We're going to get her to you. So they finally run into her again. Limu Mubai does, and they have that great bamboo fight, and he wants to train Jen. So she says like, well, if you can get the sword for me in three moves and he gets it in one, of course, because he's that good. <laughs> yep. And then he just throws the sword away because he knows that, that if that's all that's important to her, then she has a long way to, to be the master she wants to be. So then she chases the sword into the water. That's where Jade Fox comes back in, kidnaps or t- takes her away and then ends up drugging her and brings her to this cavern, like drugging her to keep her submissive, I guess, because Jade Fox has been angry that she she realizes that she was Jen's master but Jen has surpassed her and Jade Fox is just this aging warrior and she knows that she's will never be as good as Jen so i think if she's like kind of also taking some sort of revenge against Jen as well for being better than her but I, I i i took it as like this is a way that she can kill Limu Bai i don't know i can't remember why it all comes together exactly at the end the way i interpreted it was that they get this
0: book that teaches them how to fight well. Yeah, and Jen knows how to read, and Jade Fox doesn't. Basically, so Jen yeah. is only reading bits and pieces to her while she's training everything. Yeah. So Jen's being kind of a deceit deceitful though, this whole time to right. her master. Master catches on. She hates her. She uh gets into a fight with Chao Yun or Li Bai. Yep. And uh, she gets a dart, or she darts him in the neck. Yeah. Poison. And then Chao Yun fat immediately
1: like swords her what how did she die it almost felt like she exploded a little he like leapt into her with his sword and just stabbed her uh well yeah because she mm-hmm. was coming at him with her weapon and he like cut her weapon up with the green destiny it all all the metal flew back into her it was like shrapnel it was amazing that that <laughs> would explain it yeah. it was good and then yeah. he yeah and then he stabbed her cuz that was his one piece of unfinished business so he was able to kill her and then uh But he's poisoned, and now Jen feels a debt to them to Limu Mubai and Shulin. So she's like, I know how to cure the poison. I know the antidote, but it takes time. I have to go get the, the elements. So Shulin is like, go get it. All right, well I'll wait with him. But of course she's too late. Limu Bai ends up dying, but not before he tells Shulin that he loves her. and has always loved her. And that's pretty much it. And then uh, uh, Jen goes to Wudan Mountain to meet up with Lo. And he had told her a story about the guy who jumped off the mountain to save his family like his wish came true when he jumped off wood mountain so he basically committed suicide in order to have his wish come true and that his family was safe or something like that so that's what she ends up doing at the end i always took it as she
0: killed herself and i mean they leave, leave it ambiguous because yeah. these uh people know how to fly basically yep. <laughs> and so we see her flying away all happy and yes it was a great deep and deep ending it was a mysterious ending that was left open-ended so you can interpret it however Mm.
1: you want it was just a beautiful movie the thing i love the most about it is its calmness and everybody's very calm. And the way Mu Mubai is, the way Shulene is, they just have this uh, serenity about them. And yet, during all of that, there's amazing fight scenes. And I've just I've never seen a film like that. Like, if you see a movie with fight scenes like that, it's always dramatic and suspenseful and the music is kicking. But this is like Yo-Yo Ma on a cello the whole time. And they're all calm. That's how powerful it was to me. This is a separate genre
0: in Asia. It has a specific name, but it basically just means martial arts mystical film or martial arts yeah. fantasy film yeah it's like a and fantasy, yeah right? those two for me the whole time just seemed like jedi yeah they were just people of honor that were great at what they did they didn't need to brag about it and they just did their duty i loved
1: it like you are gonna get eviscerated for a tweet that says oh I'm really thinking this is a <laughs> star wars vibe <laughs> they're bitch they just ripped off it, the jedis did you get that <laughs> I mean they totally must have just saw Star Wars and were like, we'll just make our own kind of Jedi. So that's exactly what this movie yeah, this, is. This <laughs> this is a shot for shot
0: bastardization of those movies and everything that's that they so were trying funny. to do. They
1: were just stealing everything George Lucas did. Here's my answer to that. I've said you a, don't know until you know. That's just how it is. You don't know these things until you just know them. And you, I don't know how you learn. Somebody tells at you, somebody yells at you, but that's how you figure things out. And when you're doing a podcast, it's almost like you get to show people where you're at in your knowledge yeah.
0: when you're talking about a specific subject. And over time, you get to see us mature right.
1: into adult film So listeners should be happy and proud of us for continuing our education, not yes listening to us and going, pfft. A bunch of assholes. <laughs> I think the I difference is if, if we approached it as I know this
0: for a fact, everyone else is wrong. Oh my god! Yeah, then that would be something. But we're approaching it just with uh, enthusiasm for a specific medium, yeah. and we
1: could totally be wrong about a hot take we make. I've always well, been a cop guy, I'm sure... in that I always preface most things I say with "I could be wrong," but or "I believe," "I think," "I've heard." That's how I usually say things. I did work. I used to work with this guy. He was. I was like a boss, and he just knew. He just knew everything. But I don't know if he did. I couldn't prove him wrong. But it was just like, nope. That's that's the way it is. And I always just thought that's the, that's a difficult way to be in life because you can be wrong a lot. So I might yeah. as well say I believe this to be true. I could be wrong, but and then then you say what you yeah. want. I just think that's safe. But maybe that's just a cop out, and maybe that's just coward behavior. But that's. How I do it. <laughs> I think I think yeah.
0: I think we're adult enough to own when we're wrong and right. we will own it when it's pointed out to us. But yeah, on to the sequel. Yes. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon,
1: Sword of destiny now my first thought was why would they make a sequel to that movie and it goes direct to tv because this was back in the days where that wasn't as cool when you would just make a movie for tv now it's more accepted of course but then i learned it was directed by yun wuping i believe is how you say his name but he was the fight choreographer on the first because the first thing that bothered me about is that ang lee had nothing to do with it which i was just like well that's shitty but i was like okay well he was the fight choreographer so that's pretty good And then they brought Michelle Yale back. But they did not bring anybody else back, and I thought that was the good move. They wanted to continue her story, and that made me feel like, okay, I can go with that. She can have a story after Tiger Hand and Dragon that shouldn't bastardize it. My first thought
0: is that is a terrible title, and these books have such fantastic titles. They should have stayed with the original title of the book, Iron Knight, Silver Vase. That's just... It's fun, these...
1: All of but the books have titles. They probably like that. would have called it. you you would have had to put the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon title on it too. So could you have four different names? crouching tiger hidden dragon and then those two that you just said i can't remember what you just said i don't think they needed to put crouching tiger hidden dragon oh you totally there. do and nobody would have watched it i mean they did
0: just in terms of getting any attention for the yeah. movie and this is this feels like a bit of a cash grab but i don't know but again i don't um, know
1: how you make money off streaming so <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> we've gone over this before uh, i know it's how is it a cash grab if you just make this movie and then it disappears? And the only reason somebody finds it is because they're doing a podcast where they need to talk about it. So I have to search, search sword and this popped up. Because I don't see it. It oh never God. is shown to me. Netflix probably saw a massive spike <laughs> when the two of us
0: watched it. Exactly. Like, oh. The two of us. So I'm sorry if this ends up yeah. in anybody's But Anyway, it's not
1: a bad film. That's what I came away with. It's not a bad film.
0: No, I like it. It yeah. has issues, but I enjoyed sure. the hell out of watching this movie. Right. But is it any better than any other like Netflix movie? Like When I throw on a Netflix original horror movie, it's like, oh, that was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I done and i forget about it forever if it didn't have the words crouching tiger hidden dragon on it and it was just called sword of destiny
1: this might have been relegated solely to be movie land the other thing that was weird to me is that it was shot in english but it didn't bother me i kind of forgot about it after a while it stuck with me the entire time and it is my biggest gripe especially after
0: watching these movies back to back it is jarring to go from having to read the subtitles for the original almost makes it a little more whimsical, like throwing you out of your element. And yeah. then immediately you
1: have that whimsy replaced by the same actor just speaking English this yeah. time. But Well, and, see, I just watched Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon a couple of days ago for this podcast, but I probably I think I watched it. Maybe last year, sometime. So I've watched it every couple of years. I've seen it. But this is, this time I watched it, it was dubbed. So it actually wasn't thrown for me because I just watched the dub uh, version which is pretty accurate like it wasn't weird to watch it dubbed
0: wow I've never watched the dub version
1: yeah it's a form of Chinese which wasn't that popular anymore I guess like mainland Chinese doesn't really speak this kind of language that they used in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon it's just that Ang Lee wanted to do that version of Chinese because it was more ancient I guess so I think the dub fit the uh the way the actors spoke this Chinese so it really didn't throw me off too much I was kind of I felt a little bad like ah, we should do the subtitle version that's the way it's supposed to be but i was like ah, i just watched the subtitle version last year let's do it
0: a weird comment on dubbing that something i never realized before because again don't know a lot about asian cinema mm-hmm. i always noticed the laughter in dubbed movies and i always felt like that <laughs> laughter was dubbed in like can laughter yeah yeah but then we watched the sequel
1: and then they laughed and it oh my god they laughed in. so much in this movie yes it's not good they, that was the funniest part of the movie is the laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they just kept going on. It was weird. <laughs> yeah,
0: for a very American production, I was very surprised at that. It almost
1: felt like they were adding it as yeah. a cliche that they wanted to draw on. What's is that? Oh, the right yeah, word? like because no. that is a because that is like a thing they make fun of when they make fun of dubs is the laughing is the laughing often. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like this was really really made for American audiences. Um, So uh, on a side, quick aside, I have a movie that I made that was been dubbed in Portuguese and I found it on YouTube and the Portuguese is i I don't know if it's correct at all, but it was amazing (laughs) to watch something I wrote that somebody took in Brazil and did their own version in Portuguese and they got actors to do it. And they, again, I don't know if it's accurate at all, but the passion that these voice actors put behind it was amazing. It was like you were just watching my film, and I'm like, oh, these actors may be even better than the original actors. I don't know. like their <laughs> their commitment is to it. It was incredible. So, anyways, I stole that from YouTube, you know, did my own download of it, so I'm holding on to it. Well, you it need to tell fun. the audience what the name of this movie is so they can find this Portuguese mm-hmm. well, uh, well, I don't know if you can find it any more the way... See, I made the film. It was called "Fear the Crooked Corpse," and it's based on Edgar Allan Poe's "The Telltale Heart." And ah. then uh, a friend of mine, who's a producer, was able to get it. And it was very low budget. I made it all myself with some good actors. Uh, my friend Sam, who's a, who's a producer, he really thought like I, I could get it distributed by some company. So we found a company in Florida, and he made the whole deal happen. And so it was on Amazon Prime for a while like a couple of years ago and it was put on dvd and blu-ray in brazil and germany and that was it those are the only two places so there's a german version of it as well but i've never heard it but anyway so they but they did they wanted to change the name because they were like well it's based on edgar Allan poe but you this is kind of like the crouching tiger hidden dragon thing they're like you don't say telltale heart anywhere in the title we need to put telltale heart in the title and i was like yeah all right i get that uh so then they changed it to animus colon the telltale heart and i was like what the fuck does animus mean i'm like it sounds like anus and they're like no animus it means revenge because that's kind of what the story is about and i said okay all right so i typed in animus and there's a movie called animus that's already on amazon prime and and mine doesn't pop up unless you put in like the whole title but i don't think it's on there anymore i think there was a deal for like five years and that ended maybe last year or so but if you uh ebay it you can still find a german dvd and the most amazing thing this is such a long personal like uh <laughs> we got to keep it like, double Buy it. my movie i know anyway yeah. last thing i'll say about it is that the german dvd or the german blu-ray box for it that i've only seen online i never bought it says and it is not starring these people at all but it says ron howard katherine Helmand. And Van, Van Johnson, I think. What? And Van Johnson was, yeah, was an actor from like the uh, Magnificent Seven, I think, or he was in one of those Westerns, popular Westerns from like the 60s. And Ron Howard, I was like, Ron Howard and Catherine Hellman, you know, she was in Terry Gilliam's films and she was in Who's the Boss? <laughs> I'm like, these people are not in the movie. <laughs> And they just told me that like we don't have any control over what Germany is going to do. And for whatever reason, they just put those names on the box title. So if you go and buy that movie and you think you're going to see Ron fucking Howard, (laughs) of all people, in a movie I made, (laughs) it's not true. (laughs) Anyway, I think I get the rights to the movie back like the like I own the movie, but I think I get the distribution rights back or whatever, like next year sometime. So I'm just gonna call it Fear the Crooked Corpse again, because I love that title. And I'll probably just put it on YouTube. So maybe you can check it out next year sometime.
0: I just learned in the last couple of months. There and we might have talked about it. There's a way to uh, self publish your stuff to Prime Video as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so there's there would be no advertising or fanfare, but mm-hmm. you would be able you can get your thing on
1: there under your own control. Yeah, um, I don't see why not. I'm working on one <laughs> yeah. now, and we'll see what happens with that. I mean, this could be something I could also get distributed. But I also didn't like that they wanted to change the name. I just kind of want to do it my way, and if they don't like it, then piss off. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a good attitude. So right. anyway, Sword of Destiny mm-hmm.
0: taking place eighteen years after the original. We have our star heroine, Michelle Yu, Julien, uh returning. And it's a dark time in the galaxy. Uh <laughs> rival factions are warring oh over control of the country, and one warlord is making the most progress. Hades die. Hades wants The sword of destiny. Green destiny? The green destiny. destiny. Which is the sword of destiny, yeah. Uh, He wants the sword because it's the most powerful sword in the land, and it will cement him as the ruler of all.
1: Does he want this? Or does the witch voodoo priestess, whatever she is enchantress does she tell him that he needs this to rule I think she comes to him and tells him that she needs to rule so the one thing that confused me is that we see Michelle Yao's character Shulin. she who in Crouch, Dagger, Hidden Dragon they he she takes the sword to that friend well he died so she's yep. going there to pay her respects because now the son's kind of in charge of the property so, she, so that's why she's going there and then she gets attacked by this Hades Hades dies group but I don't know why he's attacking her. Did they think she had the sword? But it wasn't until after that scene where the witch character comes to Hades and says, you need this sword in order to rule. If you don't have the sword, you'll never be the ruler. I think that they're just supposed to be bandits attacking okay. everything they can find. Right. And um, they didn't realize who they were messing with. Yeah. And what is... Wei Fang? is the kid Sal- that we meet. He's one of the
0: bandits. Wei Fang. Yep. And so he's the first person to try to steal the sword from the place right. that it
1: was left at the beginning of the or at the end of the yeah. last movie. Because he and works catch with him. Hades. And yes. the witch says that you should say you should send the boy. You should send Wang Fang. So that's how he gets in there. And yeah, so it kind of unfolds a little similar to Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon, in that there's a young character that tries to steal the sword and then there's a fight. And we just have Shu Lin being her awesome self. Oh, the other thing. Is that when her caravan gets attacked, there is a masked helper that comes who wears a hat and helps defeat the characters along with Shulene. Oh, yeah. And then he disappears in the night. So that's a mysterious character. We don't know who that is yet. Let's jump to the beginning real quick because there's one scene at
0: the beginning that I completely forgot about because it's not really touched on again. Yeah. Where a woman shows up at Hades Die's house and is like, I want to work with you
1: but then yep. she like tries to kill him. And that was yeah. Snow Vase. And then and she's, the really <clears throat> well, she's the girl that also shows up. Well, she's the girl that shows up to stop him, Wei Feng, from stealing the sword. Well, she was there to steal it first. Let's do the whole, let's do the whole, let me try to do this real quick. Okay. All right. Quick. Let's just like set up the chessboard here. So Wei Feng is imprisoned by them. Snow Vase is there. Shulen is there. We then find out that the masked hat-wearing dude is Meng Sizhao who was her fiancé, who was apparently killed before Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon happened and was partnered with Liu Mubai, and he was in mourning over his death. And that's why he never professed his love to Shulen, because Suzao was her beloved. But Suzao says, I faked my death because I knew that Liu Mubai loved you and would never ask for your hand in marriage if I was around. And then she's like, hey jokes on you he didn't ask for the hand in marriage anyway because you were dead and he didn't want to betray your memory so it was a real clusterfuck and it didn't work out and that really k- to me, happy. could be considered some sort of retcon and it and not retcon but you know what i mean it's like when you this is the 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 biggest issue with this movie to me is that it took something that mattered in the first movie and it d- kind of destroyed the meaning behind it in this one and i don't think you should uh, do that with a twice twice? twice yes okay get um, the other but, one. But to, just uh, to ch- yeah, jump real
0: quick, Silent Wolf shows up because Shulin puts With out Ciselle, an advertisement for Silent Wolf. Yes, uh, she needs somebody to guard, help guard the sword. Yep, and he picks up that advertisement and he brings it to a bar and a whole bunch of awesome guys who are yeah. like them true warriors call answer the call so to that's me
1: this funny. is this is where the movie becomes most likely more of a kung fu film in that there's a group of warriors and that is something Crouching tiger hidden dragon did not have you didn't have a group of warriors banding together for a cause so that's where this movie it becomes more of a straightforward like oh there's a gang of warriors and we're going to stop the bad guy kind of movie so anyways, so they go to where the this, this Sword of Destiny is, the Green Destiny is. And that's how everybody comes together. Sh- uh, Shulene learns that her fiancé is still alive. And Hades is going to come back with his people. Or H- Hades is going to send his people to try to steal the sword again. So we're all just kind of placed to fight. So what you find out is that Snow Vase, who wanted to steal the sword, and she's the girl that showed up at Hades' die's place to want to join him but then try to kill him it turns out that her story her flashback is that she was raised by a woman who wasn't really her mother because another woman who was a real mother switched this woman's baby who was a boy with her because she wanted the baby uh he has this birthmark on him uh, to take to Hades die because she thought that he would like to have a son not a daughter and it would put her in his good graces so that's what she did So this woman that just had her baby switched out was like, hey, I want my son back. But then she felt compassion for this little girl. So she raised her as her own anyways, but always told her the story of my son's out there somewhere. And she would constantly leave to try to find him. And she approached Hades die. uh, Her mother did and was basically mortally wounded by him trying to get her son back. So then she goes back to Snowbase, says, this is what the birthmark looks like. Please find my son, your Sort of brother, and that's where Snow Vase is, is that Snow Vase realizes that Hades die killed her mother or her, you know, who the woman who raised her. So that's why yes. she was trying to go to Hades die at the beginning, pretending to join him only to try to kill him, but it didn't work, obviously. So she realized she needed the green destiny in order to kill him, and that's why then she showed up to try to steal the sword at the same time Wei fang was trying to steal the sword. There you go. Does that make any sense? <laughs> It's oh that makes ab- yeah i i think you'd right g- guys
0: just go watch the movie that might be too complicated yeah. but so here's where they tried to bastardize the original again yeah, go ahead because i only read this once and i wasn't able to confirm it with the proper journalistic two sources Mm -hmm. Maybe three, but um, Jen from the original movie, who flew off into eternal happiness at the end, was supposed
1: to be this mother that trained her. Yes, I... Felt it going that way, but because they couldn't get Zhang Zai to reappear, because she said she didn't want to do it without Ang Lee directing, which was a good move on her part. Yes, uh, they. I don't. I think they just didn't say that was her character. They. She has yep, a different they just name. Just simply changed yeah. the name. But I yes. was with you in that. I thought that. So I don't think they bastardized it. I think they got saved. They saved themselves from bastardizing it. They saved themselves, but they wanted to so bad, <laughs> so bad. It's I just... could tell. <laughs> I was with you on that, because I was like, yeah, that's probably going to be her, but I'm like, I know they didn't get the original actress, so I'm, I'm, I hope they don't make that her. So, to wrap up this movie real quick, basically,
0: they all team up yes. to stop Hades' die ending in, uh, we haven't said it yet, and I'm really upset with, our, with us, Silent Wolf is played by Donnie Yen, and yes, right. he's, he's great. amazing and i yeah. love him well you uh, know him from this... rogue one i'm sure yes. right
1: because you love him in that i i just know him when i see him but i couldn't really say a lot of movies i saw him in but i just know mm-hmm. about him i like i'm familiar with the ip man movies but i never really saw any of them but that was like his thing yeah people obviously a big asian cinema star and i don't know yeah. shit about
0: asian cinema until people come and do american films and i love <laughs> donnie yen and but we're I later. Yeah. Yeah, so he's good. So he was a good addition. I was glad they got him for it cuz that made the yes, movie better. Yes. There's some solid actors in this movie. Yeah. Um but Donnie N- dies.
1: Is this sad, sad thing? Look- All the the big team the big team dies. Yes,
0: uh, it does. It reminded me of Rogue One which it's not supposed to but it does oh, yeah, right <laughs> um, it ends with a good battle between Silent Wolf and
1: Hades die and obviously Silent Wolf wins and the thing that bothered me about this movie is that the CGI is what like like i said the first movie has a very handmade Right time, right place, the year 2000. They use CGI accurately, like for what they needed it for, like to remove the wires and maybe a couple wide shots. But this one relies on it as modern movies do. And it is a detriment to the film. Like they Wait, still so... clearly use the wire technique oh, in yeah. here because they have the same look, but not all the time. Like when he's falling well. off the giant tower. I mean, it just looks bad. The CGI is just not great. And everything's breaking. And yeah. Oh, that part was bad. But no, uh, so there wasn't ends... happy with it
0: with Silent Wolf and Shulin living happily ever after, and Snow Vase
1: and Wei Feng living happily ever after. Now they're their own little four-piece team-up, and they're going to take the sword to, you guessed it, Wudan Mountain, which is what they should have done in the goddamn first place.
0: (laughs) And that ends Uh. this movie. It's fine. It's a fun little movie that you can watch and enjoy and forget.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The twist in the... I don't know if it's a twist... But Snow Vase's story about being the, the daughter who wasn't really the daughter and that he was the son, but he didn't know it. Uh, like the, the, the tattoo thing is such a trope. Obviously, somebody has a special tattoo. I let that slide. No big deal. But I thought that was a unique little story thing. Like just thinking that somebody switched a baby and like, she has been on a mission to find. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Like that made the movie a little better for me that I was like, okay, all right, this is pretty good. And the fight scenes are still pretty good. And then it ended uh, in a way where I uh, was like, okay, if they made a sequel to this movie, like I'd be interested in seeing it. Like if they continued the story now with this group, I would be continued to... I would be interested in seeing it. However, I assume Crouch, Dagger, Hidden Dragon was based on the first book, and this was based on the second, but Hidden Dragon was based on the fourth book. This was based on the fifth, which was the last book. So now I'm like, oh, well, who knows what they'll do with the first three books, if ever. And they freely
0: borrowed from the first three books, so I don't know. But yes, I would also oh, okay. enjoy more movies in this universe. Yeah,
1: like... so I guess, it is it a good sequel for the Crouch, Dagger, Hidden Dragon? I think it's such a different movie, and they don't, really try to replicate it in a way that it could have been any movie any samurai type film any yeah. kung fu martial arts type film it didn't really need to be a sequel but so back that's to okay. the
0: cgi yes the cgi was awful in this um yeah. those big city shots looked just bad they yeah. looked they reminded me of the mummy quality cgi like it was
1: <laughs> it, and I then love the mummy
0: <laughs> there was oh the mummies are great but we gotta talk about the mummy the
1: movies Those would be good
0: yeah i would enjoy that uh but they missed a real great opportunity where there's there could have been an amazing fight sequence on that ice using the wire yeah. work and yeah. it was, it looked was horrible. just fake it looked bad right when he was
1: starting to throw those giant pieces of ice at donnie yen I, I was like they wouldn't they didn't do that in crouch tiger hidden dragon whatever they did in crouch tiger hidden dragon was like real for the most part the only thing that stood out to me as a as a, as a crazy weapon was the very end where jade fox was killed by the shards of her own sword that's some cgi obviously but that was like the only time he wasn't throwing pieces of ice and then smashing them and it just felt fake and i didn't like that and obviously them crashing through the building at the end that looked terrible too so fake
0: but there were some really great moments where like who was it that reached out to grab the sword like when they were reaching out to grab the yeah sword, they were like both it was, reaching it it made me think of he-man <laughs> like yeah, in a way
1: they stole that from he-man <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did <laughs> I can't believe all of these foreign movies how much they stole from american films that were made in the 70s and 80s it's just incredible to me they have no respect that's the word i'm looking for respect for our for our american films and the way we create things originally <laughs> oh anyway
0: so check um, it out
1: i think it's worth seeing and you know what and speaking as a guy who made a movie that even if i had it on netflix you would never find it unless you knew to search for it. This is one of those movies that maybe you should search for. Maybe it should be in your queue. Maybe it should be out there for somebody who likes action movies and say like, hey, why don't you check out the uh, Crouch, Tiger, and Dragon sequel? It's worth your time. Because I think it is worth your time.
0: What other stuff did I notice about this movie? I feel like there was more, but I just enjoyed that CGI talk. So much yeah. I linked it out. Um, I want to go it. through the names of these warriors mm-hmm. because oh God, okay. something these movies do really well are they have fantastic names. Yeah. So we have Silent Wolf. We have Julian. Mm-hmm. Julian. We have Wei Fang. Mm-hmm. And then we have Snow Vase. Hades, Die, Iron Crow, Silver Dart, Flying Blade, Thunder Fist,
1: Turtle Ma, Mantis Junior. Han Mai. Like come on, but isn't I want that, a cool warrior Isn't name. Turtle Mao? Isn't that so old fat? Like where you have the fat character, so he gets a tubby name. <laughs> Thunder Fist was so cool
0: because he just had armor on his arms yeah. instead of throwing a sword around, and he would just. But I didn't like out.
1: that. Like when he was fighting, and they had that like dong noise. It did, like they wouldn't make that noise. Like his arms aren't hollow. <laughs> it's, it's true. Just bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that. Ang Lee would have not let that happen, and that's what bothered me. But. I mean the biggest uh, Donnie Donnie Yen was in uh the Mulan film the new, yeah. the new Disney version yeah that's where I saw him
0: I, I didn't see it and I always wanted to because it looked
1: good but it was good and there's this amazing shot they do this camera thing like it's on the side like it's on the side of a horse almost and like so the- she's like on her horse and then like she jumps and the camera goes with her so it like turns as her body turns and she like slams against the wall of a uh uh, of like a castle and much like the wire foo from Crouch dragon dragon she scales it up but it's just like the camera's connected to her and they do it like two or three times it's a great shot it just really stood out to me as like really inventive camera work and that's something that i, I now recall from the sequel uh sort of destiny that wasn't that impressive i just thought the camera work wasn't it, it just didn't have the style that Ang Lee brought, brought to it the fight scenes are still pretty good but it didn't have the, the style scenes- camera wise I noticed with the fight
0: scenes that they went with a lot of tight shots where it's very you modern yeah and Ang Lee gave all these fights room to breathe like there yeah. were tighter shots but it was just wrong yeah. and you mentioned that the choreographer from the first movie was the director and i have just the comment where yeah that sounds cool but that doesn't mean that person can direct and so
1: that's yeah, there's a, I appreciated a pretty... the connection and that he yes. wasn't just nobody that came in to make a sequel to that beloved film. He was somebody, and he deserved to have his chance. But yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't mean he should. I don't know. There's another But I also notable... don't know his filmography. Maybe he's done, he's done amazing other direction films, so who knows? I don't know it either.
0: The choreography in this movie felt a lot more like a standard martial arts movie. And that's really such a big part of it is just these fight scenes are dances they're just amazingly mm. choreographed and it just felt different this time around which surprised me just because it was so, the same guy mm. uh production designer for this can you guess another movie no, that this production no designer worked on <laughs> nothing me. in this i got this vibe a lot um really he was the production designer on lord of the rings oh okay <laughs> and it was shot in New Zealand. It has a very Middle Earth feel in this movie. Oh,
1: I didn't really, yeah, I didn't pick up on that.
0: But yeah, that's, I think that's all that I have
1: I clever to say about this too, movie. Yeah. But it was I'm good. Glad I recommend I'm glad it. i we watched it. It was a good on feeling, Netflix. like I said before, to uh, find something from the giant uh, well of Lost streaming movies. You know, they, they make so many movies now and they just get lost like in a Redbox queue or a Netflix queue. They're just in there and nobody knows about them. I think like Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, you know, he was saying how he liked to mix it up because they were just like, well, why don't you just put your specials on Netflix? You know, that's like whatever he does. You know? And he just wanted to mix it up like where he put it on Hulu once or he put it on Amazon. And he's just like, well, you get like a week on Netflix where they promote it and then they have 10 more things that come out the next week. So you're just lost. Like, it just disappears. And how the hell are you supposed to keep up with that if you make a movie? It just gets lost. So, point is, it was nice that we, I feel like we rescued it in some way. (laughs) Yes, I will take credit for that, and you should, too. Yeah. Um, And let's try to do this again with a movie that we know is a piece of shit sequel. That way we'll be like, I'm sorry, we rescued this from the dreads of forgotten cues. We should have left it to die. I don't know why we didn't, why we brought it back out. Uh, So yeah, that was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, sort of uh, destiny. I'm going to get in your way again, sorry. But I submit that adam sandler because he has this huge deal with netflix he will probably make a sequel to billy madison or happy gilmore that'll be straight to netflix and like that'll be lost after a while (sighs) adam sandler famously promised to make (laughs) the worst
0: movie ever made if he didn't get the oscar for
1: punch drunk love
0: no the one he was just in where he probably should have won the oscar what the hell oh oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. uh uncut gems it was pretty good where is that however, I just watched time? Bad Lieutenant, Harvey Keitel, the original Bad Lieutenant, because uh, well, we could do that, too, uh, because Werner Herzog did the sequel, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans with Nicolas Cage. Did you ever see that? No. It's one of my favorite movies. It's like up there with Crouch, Dragon and Dragon. You got to see Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. It's got it's saddled with a long title, but it stars Nicolas Cage and Eva, Eva Mendez. Anyways, it's great. He's just so off the hook in that movie. It's one of his best performances. Anyway, the original Bad Lieutenant, it was always a cult hit with Harvey Keitel and Abel Ferreira directed it. He directed a number of those movies, kind of difficult films where, you know, Harvey Keitel is just this bad lieutenant. He does a lot of shitty things. Anyway, but that is Uncut Gems to me is that Adam Sandler was playing Harvey Keitel's character, this neurotic, drugged up, on the go uh, kind of character. And Anyway, I thought it was a great movie, uncut gems for Adam Sandler, but it just I thought it was also kind of a ripoff of Harvey Keitel's character from Bad Lieutenant. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you cool. see Bad Lieutenant? I did not.
1: Okay, I remember we always talked about it when we were younger because <laughs> we it was like known as one of those difficult movies because he would he like you know jerked off to these young ladies like at a traffic stop, and it was just like one of those movies that was just like oh I got it. I gotta see this movie but it's dirty <laughs> i mean maybe it was one of those
0: watches and i didn't watch nope. it for the appropriate reasons who knows right so what are we watching next week aaron I don't can, know. We can we do I don't know. it can we do it can we do it
1: uh indiana jones is that what you wanted to do
0: yes i want to do it so bad
1: <laughs> yeah we can do it let's do it let's do it right. Jones. i mean we have indiana jones we have star wars we have back to the future like those are the three big childhood trilogies of our time i feel like that we have kind of shied away from because we're they always get talked about but we can yeah. pull one out every once in a while so let's do indiana jones what the hell uh
0: i have to say indiana jones is my least favorite
1: mega popular product really? or property yeah i could just I like him equally without. than the other ones and so yeah, maybe a little bit fun to rewatch. Yeah. i think back to the future may be the top
0: trilogy in my mind but i, I haven't watched those in a long time as well yeah. um ghostbusters is another fun one but that's not a trilogy so well yeah well, i know will be i guess
1: yeah uh <laughs> this, this is actually been, our i think we we no hold on hold on. <laughs> i think we were talking about this before we started recording maybe but yeah uh this is our i think one year anniversary of when we started recording not when we oh, released shit. the shows but it, it may have been father's day or the week before but either way it's right around now when we uh we're on one year and year one as far as doing these podcasts for us, not when they were released, but that's insane. We're doing it. We're keeping it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We should just another call year. Father's
0: Day, uh, the unofficial anniversary.
1: It's, I figured it's a good way to do it to remember.
0: Yeah. yeah everybody. Thanks. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, review us. Um, tell your, everybody has to go out and tell one friend about the podcast this week. That's your homework assignment. Um, I want to see a weird burst in engagement from all of you Mm
1: -hmm. and you know who you are and you can do it in in a different way you can write a letter you could send a (laughs) telegram i Um, think you you could put up a post on a bus stop yeah Uh, oh yeah like with like little tags that you can pull off and just have our website on it (laughs) or our (laughs) Yeah. yeah the site to go to the podcast yeah yeah, I want to go
0: to a bus stop someday and see a random Aaron and Justin advertisement. So I need somebody or to your local happen. grocery store.
1: That's fine yeah. too. Just hey, new podcast. Take a little tick, take a little ticket on the bottom.
0: I mean, also there could be graffiti. Aaron and Justin talk. See- well, no, don't do graffiti. Yep.
1: Don't break the no, no, no. Don't do- break the law. Where I where I am, uh, there's a plane that is always trailing some sort of advertisement. But I think he flies too high. I can never read it. It's, i don't think the people are yeah i don't think they're getting their money their money's worth but we could do that you could do like an air message
0: but if you do an air message Seven whatever you flow. do you have to post it on twitter and tag us on twitter that be, so that, that we can amazing. see it yeah. right well i'm at no bye